0: Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. Uh, We're really trying to grow the podcast and it would really help us if you would leave us a review So go on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast and leave us a review. It's going to help more people find out about us. So we appreciate it. Now let's get to the show. With the Coyote Fitness Podcast, Hunter here with Caleb and Tyler, and we're going to talk about something a little bit different today. We're going to talk about training specifically for young people. Young people is relative, obviously, but I think we're going to talk talk about like at what points should somebody start um, training, you know, weights or just uh, training in general, uh, body weight type stuff. What age you guys started, what age you would recommend if you had kids. When when they would start, and also maybe a little, we can talk a little bit about training as far as uh, for kids that play sports and when they should start doing that. But this will be this will be a fun one because I think uh, there's a lot of people that listen that have kids that are working out at the gym, or maybe they're thinking when should they start working out at the gym, or maybe you're uh, a young person thinking about when when should I start training or what should I be doing. So I think this will be a a good conversation we have today. It's crazy because we talk about
1: how beneficial this is for things for our life outside of the gym. But there's still a stigma. It's like, okay, this is the healthiest thing I could possibly do is learn to eat and to move well. But there's a stigma that it's like, oh, but you can't do it until you're a certain age. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that's just not true. We are moving, and one of the greatest things that really changed this for me was recognizing how much kids at every age start to move and the stress their body goes under on the playground. And if you watch the things they're doing, it is way more intense and unregulated than anything they could do in a controlled environment in the gym and so that's something i think is really cool to see when when young people start to uh experience the gym and how safer it makes them even as a five-year-old playing as a 10-year-old playing sports so i think it's a good topic i think it's very relatable because we have so many families and so hopefully it's helpful for you guys listening
2: yeah, one of my favorite things is uh, when a whole family comes into the gym, and it's like mom, dad, both kids, and they're like just getting after the weights and and really working hard, and you can kind of see that it helps their family grow together. Um, but at the same time, like we've got a lot of kids I know specifically in Flowood, um, speaking for our gym that uh, do crossfit and do our sport as a sport and they don't really play other sports but then we've got a lot of kids on the exact other end that will be very smart and structured about their training and so you know for example you know we've got a family and they come in and two of the uh two of the kids do jujitsu and the other kid is a gymnast and the other kid does just crossfit for their sports and the gymnast you know she's really young and she moves really well, has great body mechanics because that's the gymnastics background. And then, you know, the two kids that do jujitsu, they're very strong and, and built very tough. And so it's kind of cool to see like kids have different uh, like kind of ways that they move and kids learn really quick. They're like sponges. And so mm-hmm. if we can uh, if we can really take into consideration how quickly kids learn, uh, it's really cool to see them enjoy training and fitness as a sport, but also you know, using the, the things that we do in here to get better outside of the gym the same way that, that we do as adults.
0: So kinda how we at Cody have, have always approached it is uh, we've typically let kids start taking uh, the class when they were twelve and under twelve we have a kids specific class for them and we've always, you know, let kids join that at as young as we've had, I think five year olds or four year olds in it, just depending on the kid. And we've kind of uh, gotten away from the age-specific qualification for class and gone more on a case-by-case basis, as because obviously different kids are at different stages. And if a kid has been doing gymnastics since they were three years old, you know, by the time they're nine, they're they're going to move better than the majority of of people in 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 class. So uh, you know, we don't have an issue with them being able to do it. But um, it really just kind of comes down to um, where they're at as far as their development and and their body coordination and awareness and obviously how fast they've grown, how much control they have over their limbs and, you know, just how, how much they're able to participate and pay attention in a class and be able to take what, what is said and, and apply it. But to me, learning how body coordination, body control, learning how to move correctly, like Caleb mentioned earlier, they're going to be running and squatting and jumping and picking things up off the ground. It, on the playground, the earlier we can teach them how to do it correctly and efficiently and safely, the better off they're going to be in the long run because they're going to ingrain those movement patterns um, at a much earlier age. I can tell you that we have a lot
1: of six, seven, eight-year-olds that. Know more about squat mechanics than a lot of the junior high kids at some schools around here that are known as sports program schools. And the reason why is because a lot of them come to us and they start at. 14, 15, 16 years old and when they start it really is the coordination of a baby giraffe. You yeah. know, there's no there's there's not a lot of structural strength and they're doing big lifts without any awareness of where their body is and why they're doing it and what to look for. And it's not necessarily the coach's fault. I think they're not educated on it. Uh, but really, the, I think what it comes down to is just the oversight. Typically, it's yeah. a big group of people, a bunch of teenagers getting in the gym together and they know they've got to go through it. And so what what Hunter said is is something that we talk a lot to parents about is the sooner you start, the safer you're going to be when you do get into an environment where you don't have as much oversight when you're in a group of 22, you know, the safeties and DBs. You know or receiver group that's going through the weight room together uh or the linemen going through the weight room together and they're all just kind of goofing off and after school it's like you want to make sure that they're not just trying to trying to show out for each other but that you can move safely and know that you're going to be uh if you don't have that oversight
0: you at least know what you're capable of and what you need to be doing. well something something that um high schools are starting to do a lot better job of is having uh, somebody on staff who is in charge of specifically just the the weight yep. room and the weight training, which was not the case when, when I was in high school or when any of us were probably in high school, it was typically, um, somebody who was a coach with, got stuck with the weight room duty. Now my high school that we did have somebody who he was a coach and also, uh, was in charge of the weight room. And, and that's better than a lot of the other cases where, you know, the low man on the totem pole is in charge of watching the weight room and here's the weights. And, you know, have at it kids and there's no supervision whatsoever but now the high schools are starting to learn if we bring somebody in whose job is to teach these kids how to move safely and efficiently and they're doing it because one or two schools start doing it and all of a sudden their team started performing so much better on the field and injuries went went down and they started having a lot more uh, kids move on and play in college and so other schools start taking notice of that but You know if you wait till their ninth and tenth grade to start teaching them how to move correctly you've missed out on a lot of years of development that they could have got if they started at a younger age and you don't even have to lift hardly any weights at all Um, when you're younger you can learn how to squat with a barbell on your back but if you learn how to move safely and efficiently in a good manner by the time you start developing and uh, start maturing and hit puberty, and and are able to really start putting on some muscle. You will have already learned how to how to control your body and move, uh, learn the body uh, awareness, and f- have the flexibility and the coordination, all that type of stuff. That's going to allow you to to have a much higher potential with your strength. And also on, in your sport on the field, if you if you learn how to move and build that strong base at a young age,
2: yeah, I was actually that's I mean that's perfect. I was gonna actually somewhat agree to disagree with you, Caleb. I think it is on the coach. I think it's one hundred percent the coach's responsibility to take the time with each of the kids that come in and say this is a, this is how we want to move. And I think I have to give a shout out to Tyler Thompson and kids class. I you know just because I see him in Flowood. You know, every single time I come back in the afternoon, I see him working with kids class and working with kids that are in that class. It is a focus on quality of movement. And the more times a kid spends around the PVC pipe and uses the PVC pipe and the lighter weights, the kids training bar, the, the better they're going to move. And so I think as adults, our ego gets to us quick and we're like, yeah, like. You know, or teenagers, you know, that are in the weight room. It's like, yeah, let's, let's see how much we can put over our head. And all of a sudden, for the next four days, like, man, why are my shoulders so sore? Like, obviously, because you did something too heavy too fast. And so I, th- I think it's so, so, so important for if you are going to train a kid... To move, it begins with the quality of the movement, and that can be done with a three-pound kettlebell at the most, if it needs to be, um, depending on the age of the kid. It doesn't have to be done uh, with heavy weights, and you know something that I wish I would have done more um, in high school and and coming up in sports was lifting weights. You know, I, I wish I would have you know taken the time in the weight room a little more serious, and when we were bench pressing, not just be like, oh well, I suck at bench press, so I'm just not gonna do bench press obviously we know that we don't get better that way but there wasn't much supervision and at all so I didn't Mm -hmm. care to get better at it.
1: I'll say this I think a lot of this and for parents that are listening and maybe kids are at that age and they did not go back to it we did not do this I think for most of us we would say that we did not probably do things the way we would if we could go back Yeah. Um, and so it's okay like if you're you're just getting started with this like it's never too late to start to learn those things we're just saying like it is such a benefit when you start to learn at a young age to move well but the other side of it that I do want to make sure we talk about is there is a mental component of strength training that helps you realize what effort actually is and what mm-hmm. things are, you know, not painful, but what, what lifting weights and what exercise should feel like yeah. that. If you do it from a young age, the expectation is that quality of hard work that then makes everything that you typically your other peers are going to be doing in the weight room and everything that you're asked to do. It makes it not all, like they lean into it and it's yeah. not punishment, but it's they look forward to it it's, to a, it's a really yeah. positive relationship to exercise and not punishment. For us, it was like, you got to be in the weight room this many days. You got to do this. You got to run burpees. this. Yeah. yeah. Burpees, suicides, running sprints, you know, forties, all these different things. And so when young kids start to, we get to see them. I had a parent tell me this, Uh, two weeks ago their kid had started kids class at six and their personality changed her personality she all of a sudden is coming in the gym hunter talks about this a lot but they're a lot more outgoing they're more confident and not only that but when they start to play sports the the physical aspect of the sports and the team things that they do are gonna just be a given and they're gonna be able to focus their energy on other things instead of oh my legs hurt so bad or oh this is so difficult So I think the mental component of training at a young age is something that I would just encourage parents to lean into because it's something I wish I would have not just regretted or like Hunter said, in high school, we both kind of had the same experience where it was like, I just dodged the weight room. I was like, the coach moved in one area and I moved around the other side of the room. So I just stayed out of the way and I never leaned into it because I thought it was going to negatively affect the sport. But what our kids are learning here is that it's going to only benefit the sport and yeah. you're going to be able to do things with
0: ease. That, that's funny because we worked with a local high school a couple years with their, uh, sprint in, in the spring with their weight rooms, specifically like the basketball team and, uh, some football stuff. And literally that's exactly what we would see is when we turn around, the kids would pretend like they had done more reps than they had. And like the basketball team were like, well, I don't want to get any stronger cause it's going to mess up my, uh, it's going to mess up my shot or whatever. So they would try to, you know, that was their excuse to not lift weights. And, um, I've I've been thinking I've thought so much about this over the years because there is a lot of kids that have worked out at Coyote over the years that are now playing SEC sports. And I've thought about that and I'm just like, is it just that, you know, we just the type of kids that would come and do this are the the ones that are already good athletes and would make it, or is it something or is there is there something that goes along with with that? But there's a lot of kids that are playing SEC baseball, SEC Mm -hmm. football have been through coyote a large percentage of them surprisingly so and um i've I've thought about that a lot and i think you know some of them didn't even come for that long but i think back to uh what you said a second ago caleb and the mental uh what they learn mentally Mm -hmm. of what hard work actually looks like and i think that is such a huge component because a lot of them when i've talked to their parents they specifically said when COVID happened, everything shut down. They spent a lot of time working out, and they got a lot faster, a lot stronger in that time frame. And I think that really hits the nail on the head uh, because they weren't even working out at Cody at that time. Most of them were working out at home. But they had learned what hard work actually looks like. And when I was in high school and junior high, we hard what we did in the weight room is we were forced to go in the weight room, and we did the bare minimum. And we, when the coach wasn't looking, we – would, we, you know, we would skip reps or go, hide, you know, there were people that would hide in the bathroom to try to miss sets or whatever. Yeah. And, or you, people are always trying to get some excuse to miss weights. But what these kids learn is they are spending time with adults who are coming in because they are paying to be there. And so they are going to work hard because they realize the benefit. And they actually learn number one, how to move safely and efficiently. And um, what a squat actually looks like, and it's not like a quarter squat down where you're barely getting your quads engaged. It's like we're getting full range of motion, so we're getting our glutes and hamstring involved and our hips and all that type of stuff and proper mechanics for the Olympic lifts and what a a proper uh, weight – a day of weight training should actually looks like, but also what it actually looks like to work hard in the gym. And if you string those days together, when you're 15, 16, 17, 18, when you have natural human growth hormone and testosterone coursing through your veins, and you're doing things that most kids that age are not doing because they're at home playing Fortnite or uh, playing video games or whatever, you're going to make so your strides are going to be so drastically big and fast. You're going to Far surpass all your other, all the other kids your age because you're doing something when you're most primed in your life to make progress that you're going to you make leaps and bounds of progress compared to everybody else around you and all of a sudden in three four five months you can make you can turn yourself into a completely different athlete and so I think that's one of the main reasons that so many of these kids have mm-hmm. have had. Success. Now, obviously, they're all great athletes and they all work really hard in their sport, whatever. But I think also there is a, a piece of it that they learned what hard work looks like at a very young age when they came to the gym, when they were 9, 10, 11, 12 years old and saw and spent a lot of time around adults who were working hard day in and day out. They learned what it actually means to look, to to, to work hard so when they were in the weight room and all their other buddies were goofing around they're like no i'm here to work i'm here to get better because this is going to make me better at my sport and you string a couple of years like that together when you're at that age when you have all you know you're primed to make progress they're able to add 50 75 100 pounds to their back squat in two years because they are working hard and you take a kid uh a high school kid his back squat from 250 to 350. All of a sudden, he becomes a beast on the field yeah. because he's so much stronger than everybody else.
1: It is funny. Like you, you really. We, this analogy, I read it in a book somewhere, so this wasn't my idea, but I think it makes sense. If you take the number one, we'll use soccer as an example, but if you take the number one high school girls soccer team in the country, you could almost take a college girls soccer team and you put them against a very middle of the road high school boys soccer team. The high school boys team is going to beat the girls team, even the college girls team. And part of that is because they're just physically bigger. As you get physically bigger, you can surpass some of the skill things. And so what we see from a lot of, I think, sports-emphasized parents and parents that want their kids to have a success in a specific sport is that there's so much attention on the skill and less attention on the work and getting bigger and stronger that – The kids that are in the gym and that do love to set and have set a foundation of strength, all of a sudden when they transfer to the field, they're not a highly skilled person with a 250-pound back squat. They're a, even if they were 90% of the skilled, but they had a 350-pound back squat, all of a sudden they look like a different person, Mm -hmm. and they Mm -hmm. surpass that skill. And so trying to apply that to whatever sport it is that you want to excel in I think remembering that the foundation of strength and loving hard work is going to not only make them more high skill, but they're going to work harder at the skill. So the the weight room yep. and the, the workout actually gives to the skill and it makes you a bigger athlete and a stronger athlete. So not only do you work harder at the skill work, but you also are a larger person or a stronger person or a more explosive person. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's specific to sport, but for a lot of I think what you said with a lot of the kids that have had success it really does I think even more than the mental thing it just makes them enjoy and see and have a positive correlation with exercise and when you start young whether you play a sport you're going to go to college or you're just going to have a fun time in high school and then go to college and and just have a normal you know play sports for fun and watch start watching football and not playing it a positive relationship to exercise that starts young is going to help you prevent the getting to your 30s and 40s and dreading exercise and thinking that oh i've got to walk in response to being unhealthy instead of wanting to lean into exercises this is going to
0: give me a quality of life it's also going to help you in your school it's going to teach you um, if i work hard in the gym it's going to pay off Likewise, if I work hard in the classroom, it's going to pay off, and we know the mental benefits that come from exercise and taking care of yourself is going to uh, help you think better, help think clear, feel better, have more energy to be able to study longer because you have more energy and you're not getting tired so quickly, Um, and you're also, with that, you're going to probably be eating better because you know i got to eat better because it's going to affect my workout if I don't um, eat well, which which is going to translate into you feeling better when you're in the classroom, when you're studying, when you're doing whatever it is, when you're at work after college. And so all this stuff, it all goes hand in hand. You can't just like separate what happens in the gym and what happens outside of the gym because it's all intertwined. And so um, it, it, it has, I, I think we, we just underestimate all yeah. the benefits that come with this type of training and the younger you can start get developing the habit. You know, if you, if, if a kid starts coming to kids class at eight and then they're taking the adult class and they're doing that for five six seven years by the time they ate they're 18 it's just what they do it's yeah, part of their part life of that's what they have done they almost their entire life as long as they can remember they're not going to stop working out when they go to college and we see this all the time kids that have been to coyote five six seven years they go to college the first thing they do is they join a gym up there and they yep. keep working out and they're they're getting up and i mean i'm always amazed at the the college kids who are showing up at 5:30 a.m class before school like I didn't even sniff 5.30 a.m. unless it was because I was still up when I was in yeah. college, you know? like um, it's Just It's just baffling to me that the, it, it's awesome to see. And these kids, they go on and be successful. They're making good grades. They're getting scholarships to college. They're moving on and getting great jobs and, and that type of thing. And it's all because of the work and discipline that they develop from a very young age.
2: Yeah, here's another thing, too. Imagine how much fun it is for us as adults to hit a PR or to – Do something that we've been working hard, like get a kipping pull up or a strict pull up or a muscle up. Now, imagine how fun that is for a kid who's 10 years, 12 years old. Like when we were kids, like the littlest, like just the smallest things were just the biggest deal. Like it was just the most fun thing in the world. It's like you go to, we would go to Taco Bell and we would put the penny in the little slot around thing. And we try to sl- like win like those cinnamon rolls. I never won. Hold one on, ever. is that the thing the that thing spiral? the thing I haven't thought about that. in a decade. I just thought about that like just a minute ago. Did you ever oh, win? Oh my god! Oh yeah, all the time. Wow! Because I'm won. a not I never won because I'm a because I'm a competitor. Because <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a beast.
1: Tyler knew the biomechanics of the fingertip I, I, and where the where the trial and error baby. <laughs> you give you give Taco
2: Bell enough of your pennies, they eventually <laughs> just give you cinnamon rolls. The cinnamon rolls. rolls to feel sorry for. But thing like that was like the biggest like. Whenever is if you could get that like that's the same thing as a 13 year old that comes in and learns how to squat cleans and sk- prs their sw- squat clean on a random like tuesday lift and they're like what this is like the biggest thing in the whole entire world they like, look forward to things they look yeah. forward to it we
1: had two kids last week that got checked out of school early they had events on friday night one uh-huh. of them it was football game and some events that they had coming up for playoffs and so they knew they weren't going to get to their normal afternoon class. And one of the one of the, uh, the teenage boys was coming in. His dad was taking him to the hunting camp. And both of them talked their parents into checking them out of school so they could come to come the noon out. class because they didn't want to miss their workout because they're working to the 50 workout challenge and they love the gym. And so they had we had two kids that were 14, 13, 14 years old who talked their parents into Checking them out of school early because they wanted to come to the noon class and they wanted to make sure and work out before the weekend got started because they knew they weren't going to make it. And when you see that, you think there are so many other benefits that they're experiencing. You know, in hindsight, we look back and we're like, man, that's so admirable that and it is it's humbling that we've also created an environment where a bunch of adults and teenagers get to work out together and they're doing the same thing, mm-hmm. the The amount of confidence, I know we, we speak about this on the podcast a lot, but the confidence that a young kid can develop quickly in learning to work out with uh, adults and learning to communicate and, and be on the same playing field as an adult, they don't get to do that in life. Most mm-hmm. of the time adults are telling them, you know, to cut their hair and tuck their shirt in, and and you know, Blush go to bed teeth, early, brush, brush your teeth. Your teeth. When you're spoken to, yeah, yeah, right. but when Follow you're on the, the, the same level, on the same playing field, all of a sudden that kid sees themselves as an adult, yeah, and that confidence leads to success in everywhere, in a lot of different areas, yeah. and so you really can't put a price tag on the confidence that's developed through physical activity, in, in a, um,
0: in that community. Yeah. Something that just hit me too is think about the gift. That these parents are giving to their kids mm-hmm. the health, the gift of health and fitness at a very young age, and we see it every single day in adults that are, you know, in their thirties, twenties, thirties, forties, who are um, upset and not happy with how their how they feel, how their body looks. They don't know what to do. They feel lost. They feel overwhelmed. They're they they have low energy, and they're coming in because they just don't know what to do to help themselves get past this and think of the the parents who have given their kids this gift at a such a young age to by the time they're in their 20s 30s 40s it's just a way of life they don't even think twice about going to the gym that's just what you do they don't think twice about making the healthy choice at dinner and eating their their fruits and vegetables and getting enough protein because that's just what they do they don't ever have to have that anxiety that so many adults walk around with day in and day out which you know and then if they don't deal with it at an earlier age it can lead to You know, disease, diabetes, and heart disease, and all that type of stuff—serious consequences that we just kind of gloss over and don't think about. And it's a gift to give your kids at a young age this—the gift of health and fitness that is going to benefit them for the rest of their lives. And to me, it is—I mean, I can't think of a better thing that you can give to your kids, but the the habit of health health and fitness that is going to last for their entire life. And we see it they they keep doing it they they move somewhere else they join the gym and then also when they join the gym they're going to have be up you know have friends immediately they're going to be able to find friends immediately they're going to have the confidence to be able to find friends and that type of thing there's so many benefits that come with it and it's it's just a gift that keeps on giving and and to me it's just such a great thing that you can provide your kids if you can you know just make it a part of their life we got to give a
1: shout out to our youngest uh fan out there beckett um, Beckett is four, maybe five years old. But Beckett comes and helps me coach sometimes when his family's working out. He only gets to do kids class twice a week, and so the other times he will, uh, he'll sometimes help me coach. But uh, his parents told me that he actually prefers the Coyote Fitness podcast over the radio now, and so they listen. Yes. So watch your yes. language, guys. Uh, but we uh, oh, give a shout out to Beckett. Beckett's what a our youngest guy. fan, but. Um, it is cool. I think, like you said, when you start with exercise, it leads into nutrition. It leads into education, the podcast, listening to things like this. And um, it just starts to, I think, spiral and translate into a lot of different areas. And mm-hmm. you just don't realize how much of an impact, a profound impact, that confidence that starts with just learning to squat and then yeah. the exertion and the hard work and then setting a PR and the excitement of doing that. So I think that. It is uh it's something that we just we never take for granted and we're super thankful for all the kids that come in and um you know, on another note, we I know Tyler, you've started working recently, but I have in the past gotten gotten to work with teenage girls on their nutrition Mm -hmm. because in our communities right now and what we're trying to do with a lot of our nutrition and with women is helping repair some of the damage that the role of women and muscle and working out has uh led to this um I think body awareness that is negative and starts to develop into a lot of um, disordered eating that comes as a response to what our culture has set as an expectation for women. And so what we're trying to do is help from a young age start enjoying the fact that we've got lots of different ages and lots of people to be able to impact from the beginning so that they can... Um, not have to go through the struggles that maybe some of our our other members have gone through at at certain ages for in their sure. adult life.
2: Yeah, for sure, that's something I wanted to bring up. Actually, was um, two two things really, and we can definitely we can go off that. But um, you know, I've had the opportunity to work with uh, a couple a couple of teenagers, but specifically in nutrition. Um, you know, uh, a teenage girl, she's uh, fixing to be sixteen, like fixing to be driving. Um, she, her mom was like, you know, she started asking me about, you know, some nutrition things. Cause I've been working with her mom one-on-one and her mom's made great results and has, you know, definitely had an awesome impact on the, the kids in her family. And they're very involved in the gym. And so when we sat down and we were talking, um, something that she shared with me was like, I want to be able to do, I want to be able to work out and like have energy in my day to go. Cause she plays two sports. And she's also doing CrossFit, working out with her friends, going on the weekends, playing, hanging out. And so something that we had the conversation on, and if, you know, you want to have this conversation with your kid, uh, is something that we just started talking about was, like, what is is food? Like, how can we look at food positively, not, you know, make food feel like it's good or bad? Or, you know, what can we define as energy and these kind of things? And, you know, we sat down for our first meeting for an hour and – we sat down and it wasn't even a, you know, hey, you got to eat this amount to do this and that kind of thing. But it was just a simple understanding of what is food. Food is it's energy. And how can we have energy to come do work out as we need to eat food? And so it was so cool, like, I don't know, having that conversation one on one with it with a teenager. And she was like, I actually don't want to fall into bad habits with my eating that I know society like wants me to follow, you know? And so like having that awareness, like a, like a, like a 15 year old girl having the awareness that she's like, you know, the things we see on social media, I know are not all like true. And those kind of things, like hearing that from someone, and then someone saying like, I want to do things the right way, eat the right way, just like really makes me like realize on a deeper level, like we're doing something really special here. And so, you know, if you, like if you're a parent listening and you have a kid who's, asking you questions about nutrition just just ask a coach like we we go through this and we talk to people about this all the time and what we do is we work with the parents to try to develop to help
1: them also coordinate so that everybody's on the same page so it's always a thing especially when we do work with kids it's always under the supervision and the support of the parents who also come alongside us and help to uh craft an appropriate message to them and what stage they're at something
2: else i wanted to, to to mention and bring up too um, that I've seen with a lot of kids in the gym, um, is I just had on ramp with, uh, one of, one of the 13 year olds that Caleb was talking about earlier. And something that was brought up was like his first few workouts were like, Hey, I had this score. Is that good? Or I, I, man, I did, I did this many rounds. Is that good? Or, you know, I did this time. Is that good? And, you know, kids like as, as adults, like we're naturally competitive, right? Even if it's, you know, just against ourselves the reason a group class works is because we're all trying to accomplish the same goal and there's that little bit of competitive drive. Um, but with kids, I think it everything that we do as adults as a kid is amplified by 10. And so for kids that come in and they're like, you know, just going through on-ramp and they're just getting started and they're, you know, 15 years old, 13 years old, you know, something that I try to, I try my hardest to impress upon kids that start is don't get caught up In the competition of fitness or the competition of life because it's we know it's synonymous through this conversation we realize and i think you know if there's something that we can encourage kids to do is to work hard but not for the sake of beating the person or working harder than the person next to them but working as hard as they can because the only person that knows if you're working hard or not is yourself and so something i told him i was like well do you feel like you put in really good effort? he's like, yeah, like I, I tried really hard and I put in really good effort and I got better at, uh, it was a power clean workout. He's like, I got, he's like, this is the most I've ever done for power cleans. I was like, well then, yeah, that's really good. What we don't want to do is label our workouts as good or bad. What we don't want to do is label our food as good or bad. And I think kids, if we can keep that open mind approach from a young age, they'll see progress for as long as they want to. But that's just something that I think is so, so important to nail down. What
1: it just gets down to is that there's a lot of things that in the gym will translate to really healthy mindsets and approaches to things that are maybe most important and the reasons why we exercise. And so um,
0: that that begins at a young age. Man, this is a great discussion. And um, hopefully this, uh, this helped a lot of you guys out there and um, something that uh, – obviously we feel very passionate about it, strongly about and uh we love to see young athletes come in at a young age and um show up consistently and watch watch them pro- progress over the years and see them go on to do awesome things um inside and outside the gym so uh that's that uh let's wrap this discussion up and move on to the next segment but that was that was really fun but uh let's move on to outside the I'm trying to keep you guys on the toes. I like it. Trying to keep you guys on the uh, toes. He's getting bold. (laughs) So uh, you guys got anything uh, going on um, that you want to discuss? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I will discuss this.
1: Caleb will. Because my Christmas tree has been up for (laughs) two weeks. And a couple weeks ago on the podcast, I had some rather strong words for one of our other coaches not to be named. Definitely not named Derek. Derek that had the christmas tree up early november and i came home a couple weeks ago pulled <laughs> up and saw wife said we had a surprise mm. and i in my mind is racing like mm. oh this could be a lot of different things
2: so many s- possibilities pulled up
1: christmas tree in the front window <sighs> the worst one um Yeah, it hurts a little bit. It's seventy. It was you know seventy-eight degrees, and the you know we've got a couple weeks until Thanksgiving. Uh, December is not even in sight, and we got a Christmas tree up. So now I found myself unplugging Christmas lights before (laughs) I go to bed. Now for
0: two months and not just for one month. So that's what's been going on outside the box for me. It's been rather depressing. That was time. shared with me yesterday and I thought it was really funny, but uh sorry to hear. Sorry sorry for your loss. I think Caleb. what
1: sent my wife over the edge was sending her the meme of the guy dropping the Tabasco in his eyes whenever he starts <laughs> seeing uh Christmas decorations in November. You, you walk too close to the fire Caleb. Yeah like
2: the, the guy from Sword like, was, my eyes <laughs> I was I was punished.
0: So uh when this episode comes out it'll be the week that we are running our marathon marathon yeah. watch is finally coming to an end. And um, next episode, I will hopefully give you guys an update on that. So um, we will uh, let you guys know how it goes. But um, good luck to all the Coyote members who are running the marathon as well as the half marathon. And at the St. Jude in Memphis uh, this Saturday, when this one comes out on the uh, 4th of December, um, we're cheering you on. Or walking. Or, wa- or running what? slash walking. I'll be running slash walking. Shuffling. But, uh, hopefully, uh, everybody. Um, finishes and has a great time doing it and we can all uh celebrate the uh the end of the uh year-long marathon training so thank you guys everybody for asking about it and listening at the edge of your seat at the marathon for runners <laughs> updates. <everybody. laughs>
2: um that's awesome actually y'all put on a lot of time for that uh as far as yes we did yes you did we heard a lot about it um I'm looking into, this is sort of inside slash outside the box, looking into getting my level two um, in the upcoming months slash beginning of the next year. So by the time this airs, I'll be looking into doing that. Something I want to give a shout out to is uh, my wife, Cassidy, who is awesome. She will be uh, finishing up. Um, her third full year of Occupational Therapy School by the time this airs. So she'll be transitioning into one last semester of rotations, um, but she'll be working on some project stuff. But uh, she's an avid listener, and so I just want to give her a little outside-the-box shout-out. Congrats, she, Cass. She, yeah, she's been working hard. So uh, she'll be finishing that up um, and kind of looking forward to getting into her next steps before she starts the, the workforce for search in the real world. So that's outside my box. What you got?
0: Uh, All right. Uh, That's it. Recommends You guys got any recommends before we wrap it up?
2: Yeah. Actually, this is something fun that I've started getting into and I've recently just gotten into it. Um, But there is a podcast. It's called Classical Stuff You Should Know. Um, And it's two guys who... Uh, they're educators, and they say our aim is to help both educators and lay people enjoy the classical world as much as they enjoy uh, tales. And so it's about—they uh, talk about like Homer and epics and things like uh, you know a lot of Greek philosophy and things like that. So as we've noted, I am a nerd. And that is okay. Uh, but I like learning about classical information and things. So uh, I've gotten into that. So it's called Classical Stuff You Should Know if you want to podcast about it. Um, they've been doing it for like four years and I've just gotten into it. It's really cool.
0: Uh, I read this book called uh, Insanely Simple, The Obsession That Drives Apple Success by Ken Seagull. And he's a guy that was uh, worked in marketing for Apple. And it was a really short, easy uh, read, but it was really interesting. Uh, to read, you know, I've read a ton about Steve Jobs and Apple, uh, in the past, but this was a good book. Just kind of wrapping it in um, to some some major takeaways from what this guy learned from Steve and just how Apple was always focused on keeping things simple. And it's something I've been really thinking about as opposed uh as it relates to Cody and how can we just make things as simple as possible for all of our members, um, and just constantly try to stay away from um, um. Complexity, And he he said Steve would always try to hit things with a simple stick. And um, as you see, it really paid off with, with Apple and the iPhone and all that type of stuff. And um, it it's really hard to make things simple. It's really easy to make things complex, and it's much harder to make things simple. So that's something that I've been really trying to apply uh, to my life as well and into our business. But um, it's something to think about. And it was a good book. It was a quick read. So if you enjoy those types of books, I think you would like that book. Um, my recommend is going to be... Uh, another podcast. This is one that
1: this has probably been, I think we're going to reuse this. Uh, which, what is the jury? Is the jury out on if we can reuse recommends after a certain number of years? Go ahead. Is that yeah, okay? You can do whatever you want, Caleb. Yeah, it's your podcast, Caleb. We're just listening to it. You guys, uh, if you listen to podcasts and want something entertaining outside of uh, outside of fitness or like, self-improvement, things like that, the rewatchables... Hunter got me onto this. We talked about it. It comes up in the gym a good bit. I find myself recommending this. And so um, at the risk of just you know saying this again, if you guys do not, the rewatchables, it's a podcast by Bill Simmons. Uh, the Ringer Network goes through and they rewatch some of the movies that we grew up watching. Some of the movies that are, you know, maybe 10 years, 15 years old that you maybe forgot about. And they go back and rewatch it with eyes of like today and with a lot of context. And it's helped me, and one thing that Hunter through a lot of these podcasts that he kind of got me onto was um, some of these the prestige podcasts, the watch, uh, the rewatchables. Some of these that that tie in, you know, look at in depth into movies and TV shows. It's made that entertaining kind of turn my mind off. It's helped me be a little more educated on the people who are creative, like creative minds that I just don't have and I don't naturally think so. I'm learning to enjoy media more because I'm seeing it with a little more educated lens and I'm seeing the depth of things. And so the rewatchables is more of an entertaining one, but along with that um, prestige TV podcast has really helped me watch some TV shows with the different eyes and see some of the different things that the director was trying to do. And when you do that, all of a sudden it like triples the enjoyment because not only are you thinking about, the development and some of the things that may be hidden in some of the themes but it's also helping my wife and i actually to have conversations about shows and the direction that they're going and the moral dilemmas that are in the show and so it's added like a sense of where i feel like i'm improving myself by actually thinking and talking through these things so it sounds really nerdy but sarah and i both like we talk about these tv shows afterwards and we're like all of a sudden having these really educated, creative conversations that I never would have had before.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, we're in the golden age of television for sure. And uh, there's a lot of really high quality stuff out there and you can learn a lot from it if you'll let yourself. So uh, that's it for today. Uh, Great job, guys. And uh, that was a great conversation. We'll see you next time.
1: the silky smooth sounds